With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Schultz. We heard from Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll for the first time since the end of the season this week on Wednesday at the NFL Combine. And as Pete looks at this year's rookie class, let's start out with what he had to say about a few of last year's Seahawks rookies, including wide receiver D. Eskridge. Yeah, we're, I'm counting on D to be a big, pa- uh, big part of what we're doing. We, we had every intention going in. Uh, he showed us enough in, in the minicamp when he first got started, but then he got banged up, you know, and then so he had a very challenging beginning with us. So he never really did get caught up like he could have been with, a, with an offseason that we'll hope we'll put together this time around. Really talented, explosive, uh, smart, tough. Um, we'll be involved in the kicking game, return game when, uh, in time. We, we didn't quite get to that. We, he, was, he prepared to. He's a backup all along. So he'll, I think he'll be a, a significant part of the offense in that we can do a lot of stuff with him. He's really talented, and, and uh, so he should be a, it should be real obvious. Eskridge definitely seems like he could have that added dynamic in the return game, and obviously having the concussion early on in the season probably derailed some of those plans. So looking forward to seeing what Eskridge can do on special teams. Another guy we're looking forward to seeing what he can do is cornerback Trey Brown and Pete Carroll spoke about the 2021 rookie corner, who is currently recovering from a knee injury. Trey's doing well. He's, he's working hard at it. He's, he's active already and going. Um, um, he's pushing himself hard, so th- there's always going to be some, you know, some struggle in there. But uh, he's really optimistic and really positive. He's been around the building a bunch, and, and uh, so really looking for him, to be, for him to be a big part of what's going on next year. Continuing on the topic of Trey Brown, Carroll touched on his return as a big part of the outlook for the defense next year, among some potential schematic changes. It won't look as different as you might think, but we've always been 3-4-3 mixed. I've told you that for years, you know, and and, uh, it's just going to, it's just, uh, the the continuity of it is going to fit really well with outside backers that play defensive ends. And so that's how you go from 3-4 to 4-3. And uh, we have a really significant group of guys that play inside. Um, with Al and Puna and, and Monet, those guys are really significant players in stopping the run and, and bottling up the middle. But we need to advance ourselves in in, in uh, um, developing our, our edge talent. You know, Daryl Taylor, you know, is one of the young guys on our defensive side. Couldn't be more in line with what we're looking for. Uh, let me say this too, um, just about the defense that I'm excited about is is the the young guys. The young guys really do bring us something. Uh, uh, Jordan Brooks had a fantastic season. Um, he's just going to keep getting better. I don't know how you could have more tools than he has. His, his ability to run, his diagnosis, his uh, physicality, uh, playmaking, just and, and be able to hold the whole scheme. He'll just get better, but he is a really good football player. Alton Robinson, uh, you know, those guys are going to do a great job. And I was really impressed with Trey Brown, too, last year. I know you guys didn't get to see him a lot, but we saw him in practice and in preparing him to play when he was banged up. When he finally got there, he did really well. He got a knee fixed that he needed to have fixed. It was an issue that he had going in. Uh, so that's he'll be better than he was coming into camp. So um, we'll look forward to that. But we're going to look like a 3-4 team uh, at times, and we'll be a 4-3 team at times. We'll use both both aspects of the approach. 
And as Pete said, those are principles that he has used in the past. So maybe not so much of a change that we might expect, but there are some big changes in the coaching department on the Seahawks defense, a fresh coaching staff shaping up, including newly promoted defensive coordinator Clint Hurt and associate head coach slash defensive assistant Sean Desai. First, let me say that uh, I love Kenny Norton. We've been friends and in courts for a long time and uh, really is a classic illustration of the decisions that are difficult at this time of the year. Um, I've been been edging uh, for some time now to, to make uh, some adjustments as we go, um, which is always what we're doing. And then how many adjustments, how big and how significant are they are the ones that uh, that can determine your, your, you know, your effectiveness. And sometimes you have to make these kinds of decisions and let somebody go. Um, but I love him. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up about everything except for he's at UCLA and uh, being an old Trojan, you know, you just, you know, you, I can't accept that, but uh, he's going to make it hard on the Trojans. I know. Um, well, what we did do is uh, we made a really significant move in giving Clint uh, Hurt this opportunity to be the defensive coordinator where he has been a big factor on our staff since he's been with us. Um, he has been a guy I've leaned on all the time. Uh, we made him assistant head coach to help me with all of the, the the challenging team decisions that we make, you know, that do affect the defensive side of the ball, but both sides of the football. Uh, he's a great thinker. He's uh, he's tough. He's creative. Um, he's got a really good background, a deep background in an area. The reason that I liked hiring him in, when we did was because of the people that he had worked with and uh, and worked under, and uh, it gave him a really diverse uh, approach to the game, and he learned real well. So the scheme that we adjust and the things that we do and the adaptations that we make um, will fit, you know, with with Clint's background. I think and really keep him strong. Um, he'll do a, he'll do a marvelous job for us. Um, what you saw us do also is uh, hire uh, Sean Desai, uh, where they have common background as well, and they've been together. And, and and Clint was a big part of that hiring, and also a big part of attracting uh, uh, Sean to us. He was very very much sought after by a number of clubs. He had all kinds of interviews. He was all over the place, and we were fortunate to get him. And we put him in a position where he has. Uh, a good deal of influence scheme-wise and, and tactically and, and, and in all ways. And so uh, I really like that that combination. I think uh, he, he is a featured back-end guy, the coverage-oriented guy, uh, linebackers and, de- and safeties and all that. And so those two guys together will give us a great one-two punch. We also uh, we really, we just recruited and competed and, and, and we're very fortunate to get Carl Scott to come. Carl was just as hot as you can get uh, with coaches, um, putting together new staffs. Um, they, they did everything they could to keep him there in Minnesota. Um, his background uh, is, is maybe not as, as revealing as, as who he is and how he approaches his game and, and what he brings. Um, the connection between uh, Scheme with um, his background and, and Sean's is, is very significant and was really important in the decision. And then we just had to compete and get it done, and Clint did a great job to, to close that. And uh, so... Um, there's going to be a, a strong influence on, on our side, on our side of the ball and defense um, that will take us in some places that I've been really hoping to to get to. We've been making our moves subtly, but now we get to, we can make it more significantly, and I think our players are going to really like it. Um, so uh, meetings so far have been great. Uh, the creativity and, and the challenge of it all has been I've just been thrilled. Definitely a lot there from Pete on the coaching changes on the defensive side of the ball. Coming up after the break, we are going to flip on over to the offensive side. Not as many coaching changes there, but a significant one to talk about. And that is coming up next.
As the Seahawks were making multiple changes in the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball, the Seahawks made another promotion on the coaching staff on the offensive side as former run game coordinator Andy Dickerson was named offensive line coach. You know, forever in my coaching, I've always looked at young guys and and develop them and bring them up. And and once you get to know who they are and what they're all about, try to push them where they're strong and where they're capable and all and where it seems obvious. Andy was one of those guys. Um, He came in with with Shane to give Shane support schematically and to help us transition. uh, And he did all of that. And I just saw his impact and his connection with our players is just too significant to, to, to keep him out of the really the, the fundamental interaction that he can have with players and the effect that he can have. So um, it was a natural move in that regard. Again, another difficult decision with a guy I love that we work with, with Mike Solari, a beautiful coach, beautiful man and, and all that. But this was just, it was part of the move and, and the keep working forward, moving forward and uh, developing really and, and accenting really the best that, that Shane brings as the, as the leader on offense. So it was a, uh, a good move, you know, and for us. And, and so, uh, he does have good relationships with his players. He's very demanding, very technique-oriented, uh, scheme-centered. scheme, scheme centered. Um, And it's just the continuity is just, it was just too good to, to not put together. If the Seahawks want to maintain some continuity on the offensive line, they are going to have some players to resign, including left tackle Dwayne Brown. You got center Ethan Posick, who's going to be a free agent, as well as right tackle Brandon Shell. So let's hear it from Pete. What are the Seahawks' plans at tackle and at center this offseason? First off, we want to get our guys back as best we can. We're trying to get our guys back. And so that's that's where it starts. We'll see what happens. You know, I, I, we don't know right now. Um, we like our guys, and we think that the, the opportunity to grow with them and continue would, would help us. Um, but we got to see what happens. And so um, this time right now is really specifically directed for John. You know, he's trying to check out a roster, talk to all the agents, make sure that we can know where everybody sits with us and, and to try to see where we have to go because of our opportunities to keep our guys. So we start with our own guys, and that's what we're trying to get done. Continuing on the topic of personnel planning, Carol touched on what the team's hopes are with linebacker Bobby Wagner. Wagner's large cap hit for 2022 has had many of us wondering if the team might part ways with him or at least try to renegotiate his contract this offseason. We expect to play with Bobby. We love playing with Bobby. Uh, he's been a great player, had another great season. Um, you know, at this time of year, the, there's a lot of guys that are that are in a position where, you know, we got to figure out where everybody fits together. And, and uh, Bobby has been such a steady part of it. We'd love to be able to play with him. So we'll we'll work towards that if we can do that. We'll do it. Now, the personnel discussion you've all been dreading, and maybe you even avoided it when you saw it come up in your podcast feed, the SB Nation NFL show talking about this very topic. Pete Carroll addressing the Russell Wilson rumors for the eh, one millionth time. At this time of year, we're, we're, you know, there's conversations about everybody. We talk about everybody. And that's commonplace for us to have conversations with teams about all of the players, particularly marquee players. And that's not changed. It's been the same every year we've been here. So it's the same as it's been. We have no intention of making any, any move there. Um, but the conversations, John has to feel those he always has. Um, but nothing specific to, to that. Yes, no intention to making any move, of course, if... You know, they're always going to make a, a hedge there for any of those ridiculous general managers out there. Now, unfortunately, Bill O'Brien is out of the league, so uh, there will be no ridiculous trade coming from that team necessarily. But you never know. You never know when just some wildly insane trade would come open. And so, yeah, 
Pete Carroll leaving the door open for that one particular instance. But maybe the most important thing is knowing that he and Russell are on the same page. Uh, Russell and I have had a partnership for all of these years. We've worked at this the whole time. And, you know, I, I, we've always tell you that he says the same thing I do because it's the truth. It's how we've worked at stuff. We've communicated on a really high level ever since the really the first horse game we had when, when I told him he was going to be the starter. You know, I mean, that at that point, I told him that he, he and he and I are going to be in front of this program over the years. If things work out well, and we hang together and we're successful. We're going to have to take on a lot of, you know, a lot of that responsibility. And so with that thought, um, I felt it was hugely important that we communicated really well and that we would be in touch. We would know what's going on and we could we could take the time to, to step aside some of the action that's at hand and, and make sure that we we keep things in, in proper perspective. And that's what we've done. And so um, um, and so anyway, anyway that, that's that's really what, what this has been about. There's been a lot of talk and all that. You know, that's just this time of year. But um I feel like we're on, on a good page that we know what's going on and we're communicating really well still. And I do feel like the way that both Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are approaching it this offseason, it, it feels like the word is getting across uh, much more clearly than maybe it was last season. But I'm sure we're going to continue to hear the stories. It's just something we're going to have to deal with. And I guess we'll live with it. But let's wrap up with some more injury updates, starting with wide receiver DK Metcalf. They fixed a surgery that he had had in his foot a couple years back. Um, they just had to go in there and, and, and adjust a, some stuff in his foot. It bothered him all year long, and we just that's why I told you that you know, we were not able to practice him. We practiced one day a week and a couple walkthroughs, and, and we always had to be guarded just to maintain you know his progress, which is not what was best for him. He needed to be working. He needed to be out there. It would have helped us and, and helped himself, too. He knew it, It was, and we all knew it. There was just nothing we could do about it. He did everything he could, and he, and he did you know admirably, remarkably well, but... Um, you know, you can only get so much done. He's still a young player. He's still a developing player, and, and, uh, and he'll, get, he'll get better. Next up is running back Chris Carson, who I know, as much as we've talked about it, I feel like there's an expectation that he may not return, but he is recovering from the next surgery he had. And so, obviously, we are really hoping to see Chris Carson back on the field next season. His workouts are going well. Um, he's in good spirits. He, he's looking forward to playing and, and getting getting back and all that. Um, you know, anytime you have a you know a neck neck surgery, it's it's obviously you know very intricate and all. We got to see how that works out. Um, you know how much I've always loved Chris. I'd love to get him back if we can get him back. And finally, Pete Carroll said that free agent safety Quandre Diggs, if he is back with the team, he is going to be ready for training camp. I don't think there's any doubt that's all he's thinking about. Um, he'll be back before then, I would think. Really, really positive. And we, we, we really want to get him back. Yes, we would definitely want to see Quandre Diggs back in a Seahawks uniform coming up for this season. That's going to do it for this show. Thanks to Wilson Kahn for helping to produce this episode. You can follow him out on Twitter at Wilson underscore Kahn, C-O-N-N. He's got an article up at fieldgoals.com. Three Seahawks employees selected among the top 10 player personnel experts in the NFC. So if you want to find out who those three are, head on over to fieldgoals.com. You can read about that. You can read about the player visits that are happening for the Seahawks as part of this pre-draft process at the NFL Combine. And even more from Wilson Kahn, the Cardinals. Extending Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim until 2027. That is a move that I am not sad to see as a Seahawks fan. 
hopefully they can continue to tank away late in the season. I, I feel like that's something that we just have been able to count on now. So check it all out, fieldgoals.com. If you're looking for more to listen to, you can head on over at seahawkerspodcast.com. I talked to Rob Staten of Seahawks Draft Blog, and we did a little preview for the NFL Combine this weekend. Tune in, seahawkerspodcast.com. I will be back. I mentioned it before. It is still on its way. Clinton Bonner and I getting together with Phil Lydic, and we are doing a three-in, three-out what-if episode looking at free agency. So stay tuned. Yes, I said it was going to be next. It now is going to be next. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, go Hawks.